0: Raise your hand if you need a lesson. If you got, forgot to pick up a lesson, raise your hand if you need a lesson. Right here in the middle. All right, guys, right here in the middle, we need, we need a couple lessons. Is there anybody helping out, helping out, helping out? You know, in, any other time, there'd be 17 people running out with outlines. There ain't nobody got an outline. Lord have mercy. All right, raise your hand if you need an outline. Raise your hand. They're coming with them now. They're coming with them now. Everybody else, turn to John chapter number 1. John chapter number one. We are going to kick off a study tonight on the book of John. We're going to be studying Johann and Say Amen. Uh, we have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke. That is the synoptic Gospels, which means they are synonymous. Uh, they are given us snapshots of the Lord's life in His time here on earth so we could know Him. Uh, Johann and doctrine. Uh, the book of John is different than the synoptic Gospels. There are things included that he, he lists and he gives us, uh, but he has a specific purpose in mind. And the ones that he writes, the ones that he gives us, the signs and the miracles that he tells us about, he has a definition and an explanation behind them. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. All right, so let's look in John chapter number 1. John chapter number 1, have y'all had a good day? Amen. All right, good, 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 good. All right, here we go. If you're where you're supposed to be, say amen. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was the life, uh, and the life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through Him might believe. And the word was made flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him, and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, in grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And this is the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou the prophet? And he answered, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? That we may give an answer to them that have sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight way, uh, make straight the way of the Lord, and as said the prophet Isaiah. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if, then, if thou be not that Christ, nor liest, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. But there standeth one among you, whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latchet I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Beth Arbor, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, I love it, I love it, Behold the Lamb of God. In other words, look, look. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh the man which is preferred before me. For he was before me, and I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I coming baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost, Everybody, everybody read this verse with me. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Say it again. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege to study it and to learn it. Lord, I pray that you'll help me. Lord, just develop and, and, and be able to uh, teach your word in such a way that we can all understand. And we can clearly receive something that's going to be an encouragement and a blessing as we learn about your dear son. I pray your perfect will be done. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you just keep your Bibles, uh, flip over to John chapter number 20. <clears throat> John chapter number 20. And, and we're going to read just a couple verses in John chapter number 20. And then we'll jump back into John chapter number 1. John 20 and verse number 30 and 31. <clears throat> verse 30 and 31 kind of gives us uh, the, the whole purpose of the book and the reason that John wrote the book. Okay, John 30 and 31. When you get there, say amen. And many other signs... Many other signs. The word signs there means a miracle with a meaning. Say that with me. A. Everybody say it. A. In other words, he does something, but he's wanting to prove something. He's wanting to teach something. For example, the feeding of the 5,000. The feeding of the 5,000. Matthew, Mark, and Luke record the feeding of the 5,000. But only John records the fact that he preached on the bread of life right after the feeding of the 5,000. In other words, he tells you the miracle, but then he gives you the meaning behind the miracle. If that makes sense, say amen. Okay, what is he saying here? There's a ton of these that Jesus did. There's a ton of these. In other words, there's more miracles that Jesus did in his three years on this planet than what's put in this book. You say, well, what's in the book? What? God wanted you to know. But there's many more. It says the books of this world cannot contain all the things that Jesus did while he was here. But these are given to us. John said, I specifically chose these. I specifically picked these and recorded these for a reason. Look here. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written. These are written. Now read it with me that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So what do we see here? We see the purpose and the reason that John wrote his gospel. Obviously, it's because God told him to, and God said to do it, but he had a purpose behind it. He says, I want you to read what I'm saying, I want you to read what I'm writing, and I want you to know that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Son of God. He was not just a prophet. He was not just a healer. He was not just a good man. He was not the figment of somebody's imagination. He was the Son of God. And if you believe on the Son of God, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, if you believe on the one, the Messiah, who came in flesh and blood, say amen. If you believe on Him, you will have eternal life. Say amen. That's the whole point, the whole point of the whole book. So as we're going through this book, as we're studying these chapters and these verses, we're, we're going to see over and over and over again John showing us, John proving to us who Jesus was and why he came for our benefit. Say amen right there. So let's keep that in mind, keep that in mind, and let's jump back over to John chapter number 1, all right? And let's, let's start out. I titled, titled this particular chapter, Uh, lesson as we start out in John 1. God is here. God is here. He came. You know Solomon said Solomon said would he he, would he tabernacle with men? Would God come to this earth? Uh, And and he did in his son Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All right let's begin. In the beginning, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Now, now now skip down, skip down to verse number 14. Skip down to verse number 14 so we can clarify who is the word, okay? And by the way, when you look when you look in verse number 1, you will find that that W is what? It's capitalized. So we're talking about a person here. We're talking about and we know, we know, I mean we've been in church long enough we know we're talking about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, but let's say why? Let's why why do we say this? Verse 14. And the Word, capital W, right, right? And the Word, capital W, was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. All right, now, let's go back to our notes. Let's go back to our notes, okay? We find the snapshots we find John is giving us. He's writing to both Jews and Gentiles. He explains different Jewish traditions as he's writing through uh, his gospel. And at first, we, we understand he's describing events and the meaning of these events so that we will know that Jesus is the Christ. And by knowing this and believing and putting our belief in this, we're going to have eternal life. So that's his, that's his basic meaning. Now, let's look at the Word, all right? Number one, the Word. Much as our words reveal to others our hearts and minds. What does the Bible say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the... So what comes out of your mouth? expressions of who you are. It's who you are. Your word, you're expressing yourself. Who you are, what you think, what's in your heart. You say, well, well, don't mind mind what I say. Uh, I know what's in my heart. I know what's in your heart because it just came out your mouth. Right? Okay? Now, uh, listen, it is an expression. It is an expression of who you are. So, as words... Are as words reveal to others our hearts and mind, so Christ is God's word to reveal his heart and mind to us. We know that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. There's the first person of the Trinity, the second person of the Trinity, and the third person of the Trinity. Listen, the second person of the Trinity is the heart of God, is a display in the, uh, what God wants you to know about him. God the Father is the invisible God. No man has seen him at any time. But Jesus said, Jesus said, and we're going to get to this point. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen, you know why? Because Jesus is the expression of the Father. He's the Word. The Word. Does that make sense? All right, now watch as we keep going. Jesus Christ is God's Word to reveal His heart and mind to us. He that has seen me has seen the Father, John 14, 9. A Word, watch this, this is cool. A word is composed of letters. A word is composed of letters, right? What did Jesus say in Revelation chapter number 1? He's Alpha and Omega, omega, the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. Now, according to Hebrews 1, we'll read this, uh, Jesus Christ is God's last word to mankind. He is the climax of divine revelation. Let's look at our verses there. John 14, 8, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father. And it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long with you, and yet ye has, thou hast not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. He says, I am an expression of my Father. I am, I am showing you the heart and mind of my Father. Colossians 1:15. The Bible says he's the image. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Hebrews one. God. Who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his, by his son. That's Jesus Christ, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he hath made the worlds. Who being the brightness of his glory, whose glory the Father's glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand. Of the majesty on high. So there's two things that I want to share with you about the Word. The Word, capital W. If I can get this paper up. Gracious. All right, here we go. First, I want you to write this down. Look 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 in verse number one. Look in verse number one. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the... The beginning with God. So, write this down. He is the eternal Word. Now, some of y'all are going to think, what, what difference does all this make? You need to get this. You need to understand, we're going to really deal with doctrine tonight and an and, and important truth. You say, well, what's the big deal about that? Because you need to know that God, that Jesus did not begin to exist in the manger. Jesus did not start... His existence, when, when He came to this earth in a manger. Are y'all with me? Jesus is God. He is eternal. He always has been. There was never a beginning. He was not created. Are y'all with me? In the beginning was the Word. He's, all, he's been all the way since the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Amen? He, he had no beginning. You say, why is that important? Because you have false cults that are going around teaching that he was just a man and he began in the manger. Or he began at, on this earth sometime, or that God created him. He is God. Now you say, what is that doing? What's the, why, is that, why are you making such a big deal out of it? Because it's removing the deity away from Christ. Are you all with me? Now, as we go through this, look here. He existed in the beginning, not because he had a beginning as a creature, but because he is eternal. He is God, and he was with God. He said in John eight fifty eight, before Abraham was, I am. Boy, that, that, that just burnt the Pharisees down right there. They couldn't stand that. John 1, 15. John, this is John Baptist speaking. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This is was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me, say that with me. For he was, he was before me. You say, What's significant about that? John Baptist was born six months before Jesus, and we'll, we'll, we'll see that here in just a little bit. Uh, he was the son of Zacharias. Uh, God, God sent Gabriel to Zacharias, the, the priest, and said, Listen, I'm going to give you a son, he's going to be the forerunner of Jesus. And he was born six months before Jesus was. Do you remember when, the, when the, the, the messenger angel came to Mary and told Mary that she was going to have a son named Jesus? And then Jesus went to uh, John Baptist's mother and told her, Elizabeth, what's going on? And John the Baptist was already formed in the womb and he heard the name Jesus and went to having spiritual calisthenics in her, her womb. Say amen. Just the name made him leap and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. In the womb. He was not some form tissue. He was a human being in the womb. Amen. Amen. But John is saying he was before me. So what is he declaring? Even John Baptist is declaring he was eternal. He is eternal. It's not was or going to be. He is the I am. Amen. Amen. That means he's present in the past. He's present in the present. And he's present in the future. Y'all get that later. Amen. (laughs) Without father, Hebrews 7, 3. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but was made like unto the Son of God, abideth the priest continually. So he is the eternal word. He always has been and he always will be. If you get that, say amen. amen. He's the eternal word, the eternal word. Not only is he the eternal word, then B, he is the divine word. He is the divine word. What does that mean? He is God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word? Everybody say it. And the word? That's right. That's right. So when you say this, when you say he was the son of God, Always follow that up with he was God the Son. He was the Son of God, but he was God the Son, co-equal. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. They are three in one, co-equal. Say amen. amen. You say, explain that. I'm going to let him do that when we get to glory. Say amen. Some things, some things. You, listen, don't try, to, don't try to have everything figured out. Y'all with me? If you, if you try to figure out everything in the Bible, you may lose your mind. But if you try to dismiss it, you may lose your soul. I don't, know, I don't know everything about this electricity. All I know is I turn that switch over there, and it comes on, and it goes out. You say, well, preacher, you're not messed up you don't understand. I ain't sitting in the dark. <laughs> Y'all with me? By faith. I know if I hit number one, these lights are going to come on. Y'all with me? I don't know how all that works, but I just by faith believe it. Now, there's some stuff that we're, you're not, I've I've heard everybody in the world try to explain some of these things, and it still falls short of the majesty and the glory of God. So, let's just take it for what it's worth. Amen? Listen, He's the eternal Word. He's not only the eternal Word, He's the divine Word. The Bible says in Colossians 2, 9, For in Him... Jesus, in Jesus, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In him he is God. 1 Timothy three sixteen, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles. Now who are we talking about? Jesus, believed on in the world, received up, the glory, Look what Paul tells Timothy. He says, God, look at your underlying part. God was manifest in the flesh. All right? Now, look, look, let's go back to verse 14. Let's, let's compare that to verse 14 of chapter 1. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And the Word, capital W, was, was made flesh. That's the incarnation. That's when the eternal God, the Son, became flesh and dwelled among us. The eternal God became flesh. He took upon him the form of a servant. What what we have read in the book of Philippians, right? right? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Are you all with me? He became man. Now watch this. He is all man. But he is all God. He did not cease to be God when he took upon flesh. Y'all with me? He didn't go from God to being man. He became the God-man. Y'all with me? He voluntarily, he voluntarily, listen, refused to use his deity, the ability to to, to perform the miracles and the things that he did outside of his Father's will. He lived on this earth sinless in a perfect way, completely fulfilled the law and the justice of God so that we could be forgiven. Say amen. And he did that for you and me. He is God. He is eternal. And you need to know who he is. He was not just a prophet. He was not just a healer. You see, here's the thing. Listen, even Jesus, Jesus had to had to help people understand this. He would do things that did not make sense to people. He would, matter of fact, He would do things that would upset people. For instance, for instance, uh, he goes around healing everybody. He goes around healing everybody. You're sick, he healed you. Lame, he healed you. Blind, he healed you. Uh, uh, Deaf, mute, he healed you. Then his friend gets sick. I mean, sick unto death. Bad, sick. Sure enough, sick. Mary and Martha send for him. Say, you need to come. I mean, you need to come. Now, don't mess around. This is serious. This is a bad deal. Come, and he hangs out, and he don't come, and and he waits till Lazarus dies. And he said, "All right, it's time to go see him." And they said, "Well, you know, he uh uh, you, you say he sleeps, so maybe he needs his rest." He said, "No, you understand, know he's dead." They get, he gets to. He gets to Mary and Martha. When he gets to Mary and Martha, Martha runs out to him and, 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 and is kind of upset. And, and I, I understand that. She watched her brother die. And, and one of her best friends who she saw heal all kind of people, who, who if he'd have been there, uh, Lazarus wouldn't have died. And that's exactly what she told him. If thou's just been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus said, it's all right. He's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. Well, I know he's going to live again. He's going to live in the resurrection. That's when he says, honey, that's what I'm trying to tell you. I am the resurrection. Now watch. Now hold on, hold on. You can't have a resurrection without a death. Now Jesus could have very well got there on time and healed him without him dying. But he needed them to know who he was. They needed to know that He was not just a healer. He was not just a good teacher. He was not just a prophet. He was the resurrection and the life. Y'all with me? We need to know that. We need to understand that. And Jesus, over and over and over again, He would allow things and He would do things so they could see that He was God. He was eternal God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word... The Word was God. All right? Now, let's look at this. We see the eternal Word. We see the divine Word. He manifests Himself. And by the way, verse 14, I love love the way it says, And we beheld His glory. We beheld His glory. say, where did that happen? When Peter, James, and John went with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. You say, what was the Mount of Transfiguration? That's when Jesus was transfigured. And what that means is, what was on the inside started showing on the outside. He started glowing. His deity, the glory. Now, now remember this. Go through the Old Testament. Go through the Old Testament and look at when God would come and fill the temple. And there would be a light shining. His glory would shine. The Shekinah glory of God. So what did they see on the Mount of Transfiguration? They saw the Shekinah glory of God. That What was on the inside of Him began to show on the outside. They said, look, we know He's God because we saw God in Him. He was manifest. I know he's wrapped up in the flesh, but there's some Shekinah glory in there. We saw it. So what is he doing? He's testifying again. He's testifying again, not just in verse 1 and 2, but John's saying, hey, let me tell you something. He was, the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. You say, how do I, how, and you saying, how does he know that he was that Word that it was talking about in verse 1 and 2? He said, because we saw it coming out of him on that mountain. You see what that means? That's what he's talking about in verse number 14. All right? So look in verse or number 2, verse 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Now here we go. All things, how many things? All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So number 2, let's look at His the work. The work, all right? Write this down. I want you to see his creative work. His creative work. If you're taking notes, write that down. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. What does that mean? It means God the Father made everything through God the Son. God the Father made everything through God the Son. Let's look at some verses. Supportive verses. God created the worlds through His Word. It says, And God said, Let there be, and y'all know what happened, it was. For He spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Psalms 33, 9. God created all things through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 3, 9 says this. It says, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God, who created all things by who? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Colossians 1 15, who is the image of the invisible God, we're talking about Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him, by him, Jesus, by him, Jesus, by him were all things that are in, and that are in the visible things and the invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers, how many things? All things were created by him and for him. So we see his creative work, the creative work of the Word, Jesus. Amen? Not only do we see his creative work, but I like this one. We see his redemptive work. Look at the very next verse, verse 4. We see his creative work in verse 3. All things were made by him. And then it says in verse 4, well actually verse 4 and 5. It says, "In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. OK? Two think two words that are used here: light and life. All right? Say those two words with me. All right, Light is used for illumination. Light is used for illumination, right? Uh, uh, when you go outside, uh, when you go outside, you want to take a flashlight, right? Because you want to illuminate the path. So you don't kick something with your big toe and have to repent for about 3 hours. Amen. Right? If you don't have a light, you're walking around in Do you know what the Bible says that this world is in darkness? There's always a contrast here, light and darkness, light and darkness. Light is always holy, light is always pure. Light is always right, it's, a, it's, it's revealing, it's talking about defining what's good and what's right and what's holy and what's pure. Darkness, he's the, he's, he's the, he's the God of this world, he's blinded their minds, they're in darkness. Uh, he's the prince of the power of the air, he's the prince of darkness. All of that comparison here, well what he's saying is, is this world was a dark place. This world was in darkness. Do you realize that there were 400 years between the time of the ending of the Old Testament to the beginning here in the New Testament? And and the world was in darkness, and what happened? Jesus came and illuminated the darkness of this world. He came and shined a light. He came and opened the eyes. He came and showed what was right and what was pure and what was holy. He was that light. He was that light. Darkness everywhere, and here he shows up. Have you noticed, what what is darkness? The absence of light. That's all darkness is. Have you ever noticed that that, that even uh, one small candle taken into a dark room, it illuminates everything? It can't handle it, it can't take it, it can't keep back from light. So we find light is for illumination. How many of y'all are glad that Jesus opened your eyes one day? listen illumination I'm so glad for God opening my eyes to truth opening my eyes to a future that I could have It's illumination all right life is animation. Life is animation you, you look up Webster's dictionary 1828 Webster's animation it means to put life in In other words, it's kind of like it's kind of like you know Pinocchio Pinocchio was a a, 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 a puppet. He was something that did not have any life, and he became animated. He had life. The Bible says we were dead in our trespasses and in sins. We were dead. Are y'all with me? We were dead to feeling. We were dead to life. We were dead to hope. We were dead to joy and fulfillment. We had nothing. We had no life. We was like Mephibosheth at Lodibar. Lodibar means no thing, nothing. We had nothing, but Jesus came, and he was life. He was the resurrection and the life. Are y'all with me? I am the way, the truth, and the... I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I am so glad that He came and gave us life. You who were dead and your trespasses in and sins, He hath quickened. That means made alive. He has given us life. Say amen. amen. Life and light. He is the light of men. Matter of fact, too, you put them two together, you can't have life without light. Light is what causes things to grow. Are y'all with me? Now, so this is a reflection of his redemptive work. Now, here's the thing. We've got to get this. Jesus is not only the creator and the maker. He is the savior and the redeemer. Let's, 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 let's go to Revelation. Don't go there. I'll just tell you what it says. Just save some time. <clears throat> Do you know they're singing, they're singing a song in, in Revelation 4, in verse 11? It says, Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy. Why, why is he worthy? And, and, and worthy of what? Worthy of our worship. Thou art worthy, for thou hast created all things, and all things are created for thy pleasure. They are and were created, Right? So He's worthy because He's the Creator. He's worthy. In other words, words, you don't even have to be saved to owe Him praise. If you take a breath of air, you owe Him praise. That's why it says, let all that hath breath praise the Lord. It didn't say all that's saved all this redeemed, all this born again. It says that all that has been, whether you're saved or not, you are to be thanking God for giving you air to breathe. Amen. He deserves our praise simply by the fact that He made you. So they're singing a song. You're worthy because you made us. You made everything. You created everything. You're the maker. If you didn't do any blessed thing for us but put us on this planet, you deserve our praise. That's their song. But do you know if you go into chapter 5, the Bible says they're singing a new song. You say, what's the new song? Well, the new song goes something like this. The old song is you're worthy because you made us. But the new song is this. Thou hast redeemed us unto God. By thy blood, out of every kindred, nation, and tongue. Somebody say, Amen. You're worthy, not because you made us, you're worthy because you saved us. Amen. And here we find in this chapter, we find He is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our sacrifice. He's worthy of everything we could offer Him because He's eternal. And He's done a work of creation in our life. He made you. He put the breath of life in you. But not only that, He went to an old rugged cross on Calvary's tree one day and shed His life's blood so you could be forgiven and so you could be saved. And He not only made you, He saved you. You should be twice as happy. Happy and twice as grateful and twice as appreciative. Somebody say amen. That's Him. That's who you worship every day. That's who you come to adore. That's who you come to learn about. That's Him. In the beginning was the Word. Amen. And we beheld His glory. And the Word was manifest. Manifest. And it, listen, he became, mm, say amen. I got a lot of outline to go, so I got to quit. But we're, it's good stuff, amen? Aren't you glad? Well, can you imagine John writing all this stuff out and, and, and being able to just share Look, look what he did. Listen, he's the, <laughs> he, we see the creative work. <clears throat> then the redemptive work. The Bible says in John 8, 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of what? You see how they go together? Read John 9, 5. Go ahead. Guess what? When he went to heaven, you know what he said then? Now you're the light of the world. You're the light of the world. While he was here, he's the light of the world. But when he left, he left it to you. You are Jesus walking on this planet. Think about this. In other words, he's telling us he wants this world to see himself in us. That's a whole other message. Let's go on. Look at verse 10. John 10, 10. You read me? Listen, here we go. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. I am come that they might have life. that they might have life. that they might have life. life. Look what he says. This is when he he's talking to Martha. John 11:25. <clears throat> Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he, yet shall he live. Three things I want you to write down. This redemptive work <clears throat> This redemptive work of light and life. First, number one, it was revealed. It was revealed. Look in verse 5. And the light shineth in darkness. Jesus shows up on the scene. They're so deep in religious ritualism. They don't even recognize him. He comes on the scene and he shines light into darkness. We see it's revealed. Then then number two, look in verse number verse number ten. He was in the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own. And his his own received him not. So the light was revealed. Then number two, the light was rejected. The light was rejected. Now, really, you can, go, you can go a ways into this and then go a little further. One, you can say he went into the world that he created, and they turned against him, and they rejected him, right? That, 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 that he came into his own, his own creation, his own world, but, but that's, that's, it's even further than that. Jesus was a Jew he was of the house of David y'all with me and he came unto his own the Jewish people and his own received him not and we know the gospel in the book of Acts the gospel was first to the Jew they rejected him and then they turned to the Gentiles but that light came and it wasn't received now listen listen that has been going on from the beginning of time. You say, why are you saying that? Because when you're out witnessing, and you're out passing out those invite cards, and you're, you're sharing that, not everybody's going to receive it. Not everybody's going to receive it. But, the very next verse says this. The very next verse says, first it was revealed, then it was rejected, but look at verse 12. <clears throat> look at verse 12. But, As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. It it was revealed, it was rejected, but then it was received. There will be somebody that will say yes. Say amen. So just keep witnessing. Just keep inviting. Just keep sharing the gospel. Now let's back up. What was number one? Tell me number one. The Word. All right. I'm glad somebody knows what number one was. All right. Let's try this again. Number one. The Word. Everybody say it. We see the Word. The word. Number two, we see the Word. The work. Now let's see the witness. Let's see the witness. We're going to have to back up. We're going to have to back up to verse number six. <clears throat> This is one of my favorite characters in all the Bible. Ever since I was a little old bitty, nothing. First time I heard about this man in Sunday school, I thought, he's my kind of man. Say amen. All right? We're talking about John Baptist. John Baptist, significant character. Uh, He's the one coming in the spirit of Elijah, the power of Elijah. Uh, He's a preacher of preachers. Didn't care. Didn't care what they said. Didn't care what they thought. He didn't care about the crowd he was preaching to. He didn't care nothing about political correctness, and that's what got his head cut off. Say amen. Amen. But he was a man. So let's talk about him. It says in verse number 5, excuse me, verse number 6, John stops right in the middle of his chapter describing Jesus, and in the middle of it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was? The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. Now I want you to do this. Turn with me to Luke chapter number 1. Luke chapter number 1. First thing about the witness I want you to see. First, A, if you're writing the notes down, write this down. Don't you see his person? His person. Let's see who he was. Luke chapter number 1. Verse number five, Luke one, verse five. Now this is Gabriel who comes, the messenger angel, uh, who comes to Zacharias. Uh, he is he is uh, one of the priests that is serving in the temple. His wife his wife is Elizabeth. All right, y'all ready? Are you there? To say Amen. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child, they were barren. Because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, in other words, what that means is, There were tons and tons of priests, but they all couldn't serve at the same time. So they all had kind of like their shift. Everyone would have their time that they would serve. And, and it just happened to be that this was the time that Zacharias was serving his shift in the temple. Uh, and he's doing his thing, doing his, his, his priestly duties there in the temple. And the Bible says this. <clears throat> it says, And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, According to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without, in other words, outside of the temple, at the time of the incense, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name... That's who we're talking about, John Baptist, okay? Now, let me make sure nobody's confused about this. We're not talking about the John who wrote the Gospel of John. Does everybody understand that? It's not the Apostle John, it's John Baptist. It's the one who came, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. So is everybody clear on that? Say amen. Okay, now, it says this, uh, in verse 14, Thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, he's telling him what he's doing, what John the Baptist's responsibility is going to be. And Zachariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am spent, and sent to speak unto thee and to show thee glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not be able to speak unto the day. For these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season. And then we know in verse number 26, Then... The, uh, in the sixth month, the angel of Gabriel goes to Mary, and this is Mary is a cousin, or basically they are cousins. John Baptist and Jesus are cousins physically on on this earth in their flesh, uh, and and the, uh, the messenger angel goes to her and tells Mary that she's going to give birth to Jesus. Then then she goes to Elizabeth and tells Elizabeth what's going on. She's six months along at this time, and and John Baptist leaps in her womb and is all excited when he hears that name Jesus. Say amen. So here we find the person of Jesus, or excuse me, the person of John the Baptist. Now, look look in the next, look in the very next. Look what it says about him, Matthew 3, 4. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair, a leather girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the regions round about Jordan, and was baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. So we find we find uh, about the about the age of thirty. About the age of thirty, he uh, uh, he goes into the wilderness. He is he is trained and he is taught by God himself. God is telling him who he's going to be. God told Zacharias who he was going to be. He was going to be the forerunner of, of, of Jesus. Now, what does that mean to be a forerunner? He, it was, his purpose was to come and get the people ready to meet with Jesus. Does that make sense? Amen. Amen. All right, now, let's look at this. We see A, his person. B, write this down, his purpose. His purpose. Look in verse number 7. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. In other words, he was coming, preparing the way for Jesus to reveal and present to the nation of Israel their Messiah, their God. He was their witness. He was the one who was supposed to prepare the way. Verse 15 verse fifteen says, John bear witness of him. John bear witness of him and said, This was he of whom I spake, because this is what happened. <clears throat> When he went out there preaching, his message was this Repent. Say it again. Amen. Now think about this 400 years, 400 years of no word from God, 400 years of no revelation at all from God to God's people. All of this time of darkness, then all of a sudden, the word of the Lord came to John in the wilderness, and he comes forth preaching. And he comes forth saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, repent. People are coming. They're hearing his message. They're believing his message. And they are being baptized. They are, they are confessing their sins. They are wanting to meet and they're wanting to know their Messiah. Well, the religious crowd hears about it. I mean, when you got when you got whole cities coming out to hear John and see John out here, uh, they say, We got to figure out who he is. And so what he's doing, they said, Are you that? Are you Elijah? Are you Elijah? Now, we know he came in the spirit of Elijah. He said, no, I'm not Elijah. Well, then, are you the Messiah? He said, oh, no, I'm not the Messiah. He said, matter of fact, I'm not, I'm not even worthy to latch it. And, and what he's talking about there is the jobs of the slaves. The slaves would take and unlatch the shoes of the owners. He said, I'm not even worthy to be a slave of the one that's coming. Are you all with me? And he's in reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I'm baptizing with water, but the one that's coming after me, he's going to baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, some Pentecostals believe that the Holy Ghost and fire was the same thing there because of the, uh, what we read in Acts chapter number 2, but he's not talking about fire as the Holy Ghost. He's talking about judgment. Judgment fire is in representation of judgment and he said listen there's going to be some of y'all going to believe and you're going to get the holy ghost but there's some of y'all going to reject and you're going to get fired that's what john's preaching i mean he ain't holding back none whatsoever matter of fact when the pharisees came out there and the religious crowd came out there he said who told you who told you about it you generation of vipers You know what that means? You know what it means when he says you generation of vipers? That means you're a viper, your pappy's a viper, your grandpappy's a viper, and your great-grandpappy's a viper. Y'all sorry. How about that for Pastor John Baptist? Amen? I mean, he didn't know. Matter of fact, he said, you're saying this and you're acting all religious. He said, bring me works and me to repentance. If you say you're repentant, show you're repentant. Boy, we'd clear out of church preaching like that, amen? (laughs) He didn't hold back. He didn't hold back. He didn't care. Matter of fact, he told told the king, he said, it's not even right for you to have the woman you're married to. You're shacking up with your brother's wife. That's what got him killed. Read it. I'm not making this up. Read it. She didn't like that too much. It was her It was her choice that to, to have his head brought to her on a charger, on a platter. He's preaching. And by the way, by the way, when that same one wanted to see something done or a miracle by Jesus, Jesus wouldn't even look at him. Y'all with me? So here he is. He's baptizing. He's baptizing. So he's coming. He's coming. Are you him? No, I'm not him, but he's coming. Are you him? No, I'm not him. I'm baptizing water. There's one coming that's going to baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I'm not. Now, all of a sudden, here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus. Are you all with me? We see his purpose. We see his person. Then, then deed. We see his practice. His practice. <clears throat> The Jewish religious leaders in that day baptized Gentiles who wanted to adopt the Jewish faith. But John was baptizing Jews. John explained that his baptism was in water, but that the Messiah would come and baptize with a spiritual baptism. Now again, John made it clear that he was not establishing a new religion or seeking to exalt himself. He was pointing people to the Savior, the Son of God. We shall learn later that it was through baptism that Jesus Christ was presented to the people of Israel. So then we see that brings us to E. We see his presentation. Look in verse number 29. Verse number 29. Are you there say amen? All three of you. We're back in in chapter 1. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're back in chapter 1. John chapter 1 verse 29. It says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, saith, behold. What I say that word behold means? Look. Look, behold, the Lamb of God. What's he doing? What's he doing? You remember? He was the forerunner. He was the forerunner. He was the one who was supposed to prepare the people for the Messiah that was coming. Right? Y'all with me? Stay with me. Y'all with me? Okay. So now, here comes Jesus. So what is John's responsibility? What is John's job to do? There he is. It was his job to show the people this is him. Y'all with me? It was his job to present the Messiah, present Jesus, present the Savior to the nation of Israel. And this is the presentation. Look what he says in verse number 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, look, everybody, look, everybody, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh the man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I, Can you imagine growing up with your cousin and learning your cousin was God? <laughs> you know, I know it doesn't record it and it doesn't say stuff, but I just wonder how that childhood was. Amen? He said, here I am. I didn't even know who he was. I didn't even, I didn't even know that was him. He said, but when I was in the wilderness, when I was in my... My wilderness seminary and God who sent me. Remember, there was a man sent from. Come on, everybody. There was a man sent from whose name was. He said, When God sent me, he said, I'm going to give you a sign. And that brings us to the last one. Write this down. The proof. Write that word down. The proof. Look what it says. Verse 32. <clears throat> Well, let's go back to verse 31. <clears throat> and I knew him not, but that he should be manifest to Israel. In other words, unveiled. The word manifest to means to show that he may be manifest to Israel. Therefore, am I coming baptizing with water. In other words, when John baptized Jesus, he was revealing and, and showing to the nation of Israel this is the Messiah. John bare records saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him, and I knew him not. But he, watch here, watch here, here's the proof. But he that sent me, who sent him? Who sent him? Okay, so he's referring to God. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. Watch this, and I saw and bear record that this, I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. In other words, now look at me, don't, don't do nothing, look at me real quick because i only got like a half a minute. John said, when I was in the wilderness and I was preparing and I was getting ready, And God was preparing me to come and present the Messiah. I was the forerunner. I was the one to go before Jesus. I was the one that was going to show the nation of Israel, this is Him. When I came, He said, Look, you'll know who it is. This is the the proof. This is the sign. You'll know who it is. When, When you see the Spirit of God descend as a dove and light upon Him, land upon Him, you'll know that's Him. Now, we know we go to the other Gospels and we read that when Jesus, when Jesus was baptized, he not only saw the Spirit descend as a dove upon him, but he also heard a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. I'm well pleased. What is John saying? That's him. That's why I'm here. That's him. And by the way, the rest of the chapter, we find that John tells his disciples, which we know by study, ends up being Andrew and John. I said, look, that's him right there. You've been following me all this time. That's him. He must increase, but I must follow him. Follow him. And all God's people say it. Amen. All right, we're going to go through John. <clears throat> we're going to learn some really cool stuff, really good stuff in John. So be, uh, listen, do this. Uh, uh, be prepared for next week. Read the rest of chapter number one. Read the rest of chapter number one and chapter number two also, okay? So your homework is the rest of chapter number one and all of chapter number two. All right? Say amen right there. Now listen, I need everybody, if you are not presently in a ministry, if you are not presently in a ministry, uh, there are crosses at every door. And when you leave, I need you to stop by one of them crosses and grab a card off of whichever one you'd like to be. Uh, 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 participating in uh, whichever ministry it it just interests you the most grab one of those cards put your name on it and and give it to the volunteer that's standing there don't let them stand there for nothing tonight all right we need help easter's like just two or three weeks away and we need all the help we can get to make this happen if that makes sense say amen. amen all right let's pray and and go get your youngins. lord thank you jesus for all that you do thank you for being the eternal god thank you for being our friend and our savior in jesus name we pray and all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Go. Down to the river, down to the-